Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Gimel. Today's shoes the Ilunish Mashiachevet Chai Bas Chaim Shmuel. May her neshama have an aliyah. May her memory be a blessing. Um, it's also for a full shame of Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam and Chai Chai Kabas Baba Mishla. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Okay, so yesterday I got a little bit stuck in the Gemara um, towards the end, and we'll, so we'll just clarify that and move on. Um, so we remember just to bring it out. There's two psukim that seem to imply sister is also. The one possible to be aware of, and I'll read the psukim inside and you'll see it, seems to be speaking even about a sister born out of wedlock, and the other possible seems to be specifying a sister born specifically when your parents were married, born to your mother, uh, to yeah, your mother and father when they were married. So the two psukim are as follows. Um, the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, or your mother. Born from in the house or out the house. We'll see in the Gemara what that means. But what do we see? This is just the daughter of your father or mother. It doesn't specify that they were born. They could have been born through rape. The second pasuk is... The nakedness of the daughter of your father's wife who is born to your father. Right? Your mother and father had a daughter. She is your sister. You're not allowed to uncover her nakedness. So those are the two psukim. Now, the Rabbonim came along and said, Ah, oh, two psukim. It means that if someone sleeps with their sister, they transgressed. Two Isurei Kores, the Pasuk of your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, and the Pasuk of your father and mother's daughter, uh, your sister. Rebbe Yossi, but Rebbe Yehuda comes along and he says, wait, no. The Pasuk says, why does the Pasuk, when it tells us your, your, the daughter of your father and your mother, does it emphasize, she is your sister. Obviously, she's your sister. So no, it's to tell us that it's only one Isra. It's the same Isra as the previous Pasuk. So we basically have two. So you would only be liable to one. That's what Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda says. Okay, then we went into a little bit of a discussion why they each learning the way that they do. And then we asked, so, so, so that's what Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda does with Achoizcha. He, again, it's to tell us that She's your sister. It's the same Isur as the sister born out of wedlock. And you'd only be have one. So I'm going to go it's a bit high up on the page, about two-thirds of the way down. The last word of the line says, um, hi. So just be one word before that. What did the Rabbonin do with this extra she is your sister? It's to say that you are liable for both a full sister. And the first pasuk said either a, do- a sister from your father or a sister from your mother. So this pasuk is coming to tell us a full sister. Oh, isn't that a kalva choyber? Isn't that if you're liable for the isukores, the erva of a sister to a half sister, you should obviously be liable for a full sister. So what's that? That's coming to teach us that you can't make a punishment out of logic. As you said, this is a principle. Even where it's logical, you can't create or you can't create a negative commandment out of logic. So again, here it's very logical. It's you hire for your half sister, whether she's a half sister from your father's side or your mother's side, you should obviously be hired for a full sister. Like why is it any less of a close relationship? Close relation. So therefore that would be higher. Um, so that, so this, it specifies that to teach us that we don't make, we can't learn our um, negative commandments from logic. Rabbi says, if that's the case, it could have just said your sister. And that would have been extra. Why does it add in the word he? It says, to emphasize that you are specifically high because she's your sister. It's not a new issue to the one mentioned in the previous pasuk. So now what do the rabbis do with the word he? It's a good point that Rabbi Yosef has made. So he says, Even though it's written, it has to write he. So that you don't say, the armor is Harin Minadin. Actually, you can make up a negative, a negative commandment from punishment. The chi tamer is a choizcha. 
Oh, the cause of Rachamana Lamali. And when you'll come and say, but then why does it say Achoscha? Okay, anyway, if you just have this Achoscha, it's extra because if you got, follow the logic, we've already said that your, sis, your half sister is also. So when it speaks about your full sister, why does it have to emphasize that she's your sister? That's extra. Must be. So he says, no, Milsa the Isabot Torah because of Lokra. Sometimes we have in the Chumash that even though it could be learned out of logic from a Kavachaymer, from how much more so, the Torah still specifies it. Goes out of its way to mention it. So therefore, Kosav Rachmonahi, the Torah writes he, so that we know it is limited. And you can't learn ein, what's it, ein londim, ein mazirim iladim. You can't learn our punishments from logic from a kavachomer. So that's how the rabbanon learn again. And need a choitzcha and he to point out that it's very limited. I.e., it's limited that you couldn't create the issue. You couldn't work out the issue from logic. Of Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda. So then, according to Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda. It's also necessary. It says, no, It should have written this Achoizka in the other Pasuk. Okay. This Achoizka that we're discussing is written in the Pasuk of your full sister. Now, if it wanted, it should have left it out. Just say, a daughter born to your father and mother is Asur. doesn't have to tell us she is your sister. We know she's also your sister. And in the, the earlier Pasuk, where it says, um, in the earliest, in the earlier pasuk where it says, uh, your sister from your father or your sister from your mother, or the, you have the daughter from your father or the daughter from your mother, or your sister, your half sister, there it should have said, achoscha, or your full, your sister. And that would have been extra to teach us, but by the fact that it's in this second pasuk, it's clearly telling us that this issue in this pasuk is the same as the issue in the previous pasuk. Okay, that's basically where we got up to. I've just clarified it a little more. Um, but now the Gemara asks, okay, so fine. According to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, all the information we need is in the first pasuk. The first pasuk tells us a half-sister from your father or your mother. And I know from there um, a full-sister. And now we have the question, so then why is there the second pasuk of your sister from your married father, from your parents who are, ma- who are married? Why do I need that second pasuk? What does he do with the pasuk of the daughter of the wife of your father? He says, It's coming to teach us another drosha. It's a sister born from someone your father could marry. Oh, who's that? Prat? That's excluding that excluding a sister born to a, a slave or a non-Jewish. Your father could not marry. If your father has a daughter from a, from a slave or a non-Jew, that's not called your sister. She's not your sister. That's what it's coming to exclude. That's why it mentions Aishas Ovid, someone your fa- it's only considered your sister if it's someone your father could marry. No, but maybe it's coming to exclude your sister from rape. As I said, we use the word Anusa, which implies rape, but it, uh, I mentioned this earlier in the Masehta, it could, uh, the primary point is telling us it's out of wedlock. But a sister from rape, i.e., don't learn it's excluding someone who it's also for your father to marry, I, who your father impossible to marry, but learn it as someone who your father did not marry, I, your father raped them. So maybe that's who it's speaking about. Maybe if your father rapes a woman and she has a daughter, it's not counted as your sister. It says, no, you can't actually say that from how Rob explains the Psukim. It says, the robber Romik said, Robber showed us a contradiction. It says, the Prophet says, the nakedness of your granddaughter. You're not allowed to uncover, implying or which implies your wife's granddaughters would be permitted to you. And obviously not born from your from you and your wife, but your wife has granddaughters from another marriage, they would be permitted. Again, the Pasuk emphasizes your granddaughters, which implies your wife's granddaughters are permitted. It says but then there's another Pasuk which says, Erva's issue bitter, the erva of your wife and her daughter, Lois Agale, es bas benov, es bas and so to her granddaughters. 
So what quotes it? How do we resolve it? The one possible implies only your granddaughters are also. The other possible implies your wife's granddaughters are also also. So how do you resolve it? It says, kan Here it's where it's through rape, out of wedlock, and here it's where it's through marriage. I, if you marry to this woman, then her granddaughters are also also. Even if they're not your granddaughters. If you're not married to the woman, if the woman, um, if it's raped, then the granddaughters would be muto. Now, but what do we see? Rashi points out. We see that even though that it's from rape, it's called your granddaughters. Or her granddaughters. It's her grand, even though it's born for rape. So we see that children born out of wedlock are still called your children. And that's the point we wanted to focus on. So when the Torah comes along and says, we're not going to count it as your sister, and we want to say maybe it's because she's born to someone your father wasn't married to, no, they would still be considered their cho- your father's children, and therefore they would still be your sister and also to you. Must be coming to exclude a non-Jew or a slave who your father could not marry. Maybe it's coming to exclude top of Chof Gimel Amud Aleph 23a. Maybe it's coming to exclude Chayvei Lavin. Those are, again, women forbidden through a negative commandment. For example, a Mamzer or a Grushel, a Kain Godel, etc. And the assumption is that there's no Kiddushin. So again, there can't be a marriage. If you try, the Havamin at the moment is let's say a man who's a Mamzer or a, tries to marry a regular Israel or a he, or a regular Israel tries to marry a mamzeret. So, okay, in any of the negative commandments, tries to put a ring on a finger and say, you married to me, the marriage doesn't work. So, again, when the Pasuk says, it's only a sister if it's born to someone, to Aishas or Vichos, someone your father could marry, it should exclude Chayvei Lavim. So, Amara Papa, no, Chayvei Lavim, possible condition. There is Kiddushin by Chayvei Lavim. Do you as it's written, Ki Tieno Noshim, The Pasuk discussing inheritance says, if you, a man will have two wives, one is beloved and one is hated. Just to fill it in with, uh, to see the context there, it says, and the guy wants to take the double portion from the Bechor, from the oldest son which is born to the hated wife, and give it to the beloved wife. So that's what he wants to do. He says, Could it be that one of those women are hated or beloved before Hashem? Hashem loves everyone. And never mind that. Why would you ever think, just because I prefer my one son over the other son, I can move the Yerusha around? No, you can't do necessarily. You can't just choose who you want the relationship to go to. Obviously, there are ways to set up a, what we call a living will. There are ways to set it up. But Doraisa, there's a set pattern. And why would you ever think you could just move it because of the? So it must be when it says you have the havamina that you could move it. It's because one of the marriages are as was it. So it can't be Hashem hates him. Hashem loves Aaron and Eva. It's does Hashem love or approve of the Nisuyin of the marriage. So if he loves, so that's what you might have thought. And what's that? And the Torah still says, you shall be. Whenever you see the word Havaya or Tiyeno, it implies be married. So what do we see? There's a man, he's married to someone who Hashem approves of the relation. Ship, and then someone who's married to Hashem does not approve. I a negative someone who's he's not allowed to marry a mamzer, it's a mamzeres, etc. Hashem disapproves of that. Nevertheless, the Torah uses the word tihiyena to tell us that they're still married. So there is marriage v'chayvelavim, and therefore obviously it would still be counted as his sister, even though it's illegal and it's a negative commandment. Oh, maybe it's excluding chayvei krisos. As we pointed out, kiddushin is not toifsin by chayvei krisos. If a man tries to marry his aunt or his sister or his mother or one of these people he's not allowed to marry on pain of chores, it does not take effect. So, oh my rabbi, rabbi says, oh my rabbi says, it says the nakedness of your, the daughter of your father or the daughter of your mother, born in the house or born outside. Now what does it mean, um, born inside or outside? It says, Whether it's a wife, a woman your father's um, being intimate with, that you say, keep her, as she's a good wife, or whether they tell the, the father that she's out, she's not married to you, she doesn't even need a get. I, that would be Omar Rahmona, here, and the Torah still says she's your sister. So even a sister born from someone who your father can't marry, like a Isu Kore, she's still called your sister by the Torah. 
So then it says, Oh, Eimer bein she Eimer lo avicha kaim bein she Eimer lo avicha hoitzi v'Amar Rachman achoitz kahil rabos achoitz on mishivcha v'avodes kachavim. Says, but wait, mate, you can, you don't have to interpret who's this person that we say your father can't be married. So first we said it's the chayve krisim. That's your father can't marry, and the Torah still says it. Um, and the Torah still says it's your sister. Maybe it's referring to a, do- a girl born from a your father a raped a non-Jew or a slave. Maybe that's the one we're calling your sister, even though it's from a non-Jew. No, the Torah says, the daughter of your father's wife. To exclude your sister from a shivcha v'avodis So very interesting. What have we said? We said when it says, your father's wife, it's excluding I, your sister from your father's wife, i.e. from your parents. It's excluding someone born from a non-Jew or a slave. And when we had... Um, the implication that it's your sister, um, we said that's including a sister born from an Isukores. So, why do you see to include the one and exclude the other? Maybe switch it around. Maybe the one your father can marry is a non Jew. We'll see the logic soon. And the one your father can't marry and should be excluded from being considered your sister is. Uh, Isukores, he says, Mistabre, Chaive Christus, Havelele Rabois. It's more logical to include Chaive Christus, Shechem Totsi Bohem Kidushin, La Alma, because in general there is Kidushin. There's someone else who could marry your aunt. There's someone else who could marry your daughter. There's someone else who could marry your mother. However, there's no one who could marry the non Jew or the slave. No Jews allowed to marry them. So when it refers to someone, when it's including someone under the category of wife, that's, this woman could be a wife, and therefore we'll include her daughter as your sister. Again, even though your father's not allowed to marry her, and if he tries to marry her, the kiddushin doesn't take effect. It's more likely that you're calling her a wife because she could be someone's wife, and not likely you're including a slave or a non or a non-Jewess because they could not be anyone's wife. But wait, there's actually more reason to include the non-Jew because if she converts, she could marry even you. Even the man himself she could marry. Again, this mother, aunt, daughter, etc., any one of the 15, any one of the 21, could not marry the man himself. But the Eved, the avoidance, the, the, the non-Jew or the slave, could convert and marry him. So maybe when it refers to your father's wife, we know it's including someone who you would think he can't be married to. It should be including the ger. This, this non-Jew, your sister from a non-Jew, because she could convert and be your father's wife. We would never say that, because when she converts, she's a completely new person. As we saw yesterday, she brought this horror of ger, so you can't say that this woman your father raped Convert if she's a non-Jew, but if she would convert, your father could marry her. When she converts, it's a different person. So that logic doesn't apply. Okay, so just in short, just to go back one step to bring out what we're now going to base on. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda has learned out... Remember, we started off, we had two psukim. We had one posuk which implies your sister from someone your father rapes is also. I born out of wedlock. And then we said also your sister from your wife, and we just brought that means even a sister born from a from a, someone your father was not able to marry a chayve krisus. Even that sister is included as your sister and you would transgress her. Oh, yeah, but we had the possible by the fact that it says the extra possible of Aishes of Vilcha, the wife of your father, that's where we learned out that it has to be a woman who a Jew could marry. Where would the Rabbana know to exclude that a daughter, that your sister born from a slave or a non-Jew does not count as your sister? Again, because they use that possible of your father's wife, a daughter born from your father's wife, to exclude, to say it's a second negative commandment, to transgress two negative commandments, so they don't have it free for this drasha. 
says, no, they learn it out from in the discussion of slaves that a woman and her children will be to the master. There's a surprising halacha that if a master owns female slaves and he owns a Jewish slave, they're very different between an Evid Kanani or a Shifra Kananis, a non-Jewish slave, or a Jewish slave, an actual Jew who becomes a slave. Now he's allowed to have the Jewish slave marry one of his shifras so he can get more children. But now who do the children go to? They go to the master. What do we see? The children of a slave is like a slave. So therefore there would be no... Um, therefore she's not connected. And she wouldn't be a sister. Of the Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda. What is Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda with this passage? He says, Oh, well that passage is referring to a shifra. Her child is not considered a Jew and wouldn't be considered your sister. And Aishas, um, um, but Aishas of Vicho, your father's wife, that would exclude a non-Jew. You might have thought that if we only had the possibility of a Shifcha, you would say because a Shifcha has actually no family. Halachically, a Shifcha, even though she has children, even though she has parents, etc., she has no family. Kind of like a convert. And... But a non-Jew, as we saw yesterday, does have family. Oh, or as she points out, we see, um, yeah, or it does have family. Um, we saw yesterday that her mother is considered a family. There are riots, etc. And if we would have only taught an Oved Kochav and a non-Jew, maybe her child is considered a non-Jew because there's no mitzvahs. Remember, a slave is obligated in the same mitzvahs that a woman is obligated in. But a shifra who does have mitzvahs, maybe her children are not excluded. Therefore, I need both the psukim to teach me. I need both psukim to teach me, one a shifra and one a non-Jew, that, they, that their children are not considered well, your children, and they would not be a sister. Okay, fine, so you have a good source for the rabbis that a shifra is also, because it's Where do the rabbana learn out that and Overes Kochavim is also? Sorry, the children are not considered their children, your children. And maybe you'll suggest that we learn it out from Shifra. Well, as we pointed out, if we would have said it by Shifra, maybe it's because she's obligated in, and it's because she has no relatives. So you can't learn from there. So I'm Rabbi Yochan, Mishum Rabbi Shum Ben Yochai. Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Shum Ben Yochai, this is quite a famous drosha. This drosha is the famous is the source for this famous halacha that when you're determining whether a child. If one parent is Jewish and one parent is not Jewish, and you say that a child is follows the mother, it's from this pasuk. Rabbi Yochanan says in the name of Rabbi Shimon, When he, the father, will cause your son to stray from me, bincha a a son from a Jewish woman, koru bincha, but a son born from Overes Kochavim is not considered your, your son or daughter, um, but her daughter. I again, the, the um, what's the word, the construct of the words, um, when it's it, the concern is, again, if the child is non-Jewish, there's no, you wouldn't say the phrase of, he might cause the son to stray. Because it's a non-Jewish, it's already distant from Hashem. It's only if the child, or the son or the daughter, the child is Jewish, do we have the concern that the non-Jewish father will cause the child to stray. That's what, so that's... Yeah, it says, Kiyosir. No, it says, Kiyosir. It's talking to, in this context, the grandfather. It says, Kiyosir. Um, it says, don't let your daughter marry them, or your sons marry them. I don't let your son or your daughter marry a non-Jew. And then it says, Ki Yosir es bincho, because he, the father, will cause your son to stray. I, when the father is non-Jewish, that's when you have a concern that the son will stray, because the son's Jewish, it's born to the mother. That says, Omar Avinash, Mamina, Ben Bitcha Habomina Oved Kochavim, Koru Bincha, your grandson, I born, your son born to your, your, uh, your daughter's son, 
from a non-Jew is called your son, is still considered Jewish. Oh, well, if that's the case, then it sounds like he's saying that a child born from a union between a non-Jew or a slave and a Jewess, that's a fully kosher child. So, Granted, that is not a mamzer, it doesn't have this child born from a non-Jewish father and a Jewish mother. Granted, he's not a mamzer, like some opinions assert. It's, it's not called, it's not considered a kosher Jew, it is a Yisrael apostle. What's the Yisrael apostle? Okay, so most likely it's problematic to Kahuna or whatever. It, it does have a problem with its lineage, but it's not a mamzer. Okay, so where we're holding at the moment, we have a good source that the child born from a non-Jewish woman or a slave is not considered your child. And that's why it wouldn't be called your sister in the context of the Arias of someone. Um, yeah, so now the Gemara asks, Hi, Beshiva Umaskisid. But wait, that Pasuk is written specifically by the seven nations. If you look again in the context of the Chumash, the Pasuk which says, Your daughter can't marry his son, etc., is the seven nations. So maybe only the seven nations. How do I know that? The, and by the seven nations, we actually speak of them being extra attached to Avodah Zorah and extra evil. So there's a greater concern that they will cause your children to stray. But maybe by the other nations there's not, there isn't this concern and the children, where, or where there isn't such a concern, the children will be, the children might be, uh, not, not follow the mother or something like that. There's Hanu, so Rabbi Shimon did Dorish time at a crop. This fits very well with Rabbi Shimon who expounds the reason of Sukkim. I'll come back to Rabbi Shimon soon. Elad Rabbonim in Olahu, but where would the rabbis know it from? Says, Man Talad the Polygoleo de Rabbi Yosi Brebuda. Who's the Tanu who argues on Rabbi Yosi Brebuda? And this is all in the Rabbonim. According to Rabbi Yosi Brebuda, we already discussed the sources that a, a child from a non Jewish woman is not your child. That we've already discussed. This, that you had to come onto this, Josh of Kiyosiris Pinchos, according to the Rabbonim. And who's the opinion who argues on Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Shimon, it is Rabbi Shimon. So the Rabbonim in our context who are arguing on Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, must be Rabbi Shimon. So we don't have a problem. Um, so this Josha, you're right, you might run into trouble according to the opinion that argues on Rabbi Shimon. But our whole piece is based on Rabbi Shimon. So, if it works for Rabbi Shimon, it will work for our piece of Gomorrah. What's Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Shimon has a fascinating opinion. Um, he holds that, uh, oh, that if the, you can actually take a reason behind a mitzvah and reapply that. Where we learn that he holds this opinion is in Baba Metziah. It says you're not allowed to take a pledge from a widow. I, if you... Uh, if you lend a widow money, you're not allowed to take her pajamas or her yeah, the baggage, her pajamas as a or, or her clothes as a security as a pledge because you're gonna to have to go in the evening and give them back to her because you can't leave without you can't leave without pajamas and you're gonna to have to go in the morning to collect it. And the says, Oh, what's the problem there? Oh, he said, yeah, so that's the concern, and it's going to ruin her reputation. If this man's rocking up to her house every night and morning, it's going to ruin her reputation, and you're going to give her a bad name in the community. So you're not allowed to do that. And Rabbi Shimon says, oh, so this is specifically about a poor widow who only has one pair of pajamas, who only has one dress, and therefore you're going to have to, every night, go back and give her her pajamas and take the dress, and every morning take the dress and take back the pajamas. But if it's a rich widow who has many garments, you don't have this concern. So Rabbi Shimon is saying, ah, so he's taking the halacha of don't take a mashkon from a widow. And he's, Nara says, what would be the reason? Because it gives her a bad reputation. Again, he's saying, what would be the reason? Because it gives her a bad reputation. Um, and therefore he learns, he adjusts the halacha based on only when it would give her a bad reputation. So what do we see? He learns out he learns, he's learning out halacha, limiting halacha, based on the understanding of the pasuk. 
That's quite a surprising shitter because it's it almost. Can go very white with that. Pardon? You can go very white with that. Yeah, how, how do you know when you can work out what's the Potsik's intent and say, I'm going to apply the halacha because of that? But how does it apply back to our case now? So, why, it's speaking about the seven nations, now why would you not be allowed to let your daughter marry the son of one of the seven nations? If, because they will pull your son away. I would know that automatically. That's the concern. Because if your daughter marries a son, your child's not going to be raised as a Jewish boy or as a Jewish son or daughter. That's why you can't marry it. So when the apostle comes along and says, Ki yosir, because the father might cause your son to stray, I already knew that, according to Rabbi Shimon, because I would have worked it out myself and I'm allowed to base a locker. So now it's extra ki yosir, to tell me whether it's from the seven nations or whether it's from any other nation. Okay, so that is the sugya. I'm not sure how if we pass it like Rabbi Shimon or not. Um, so that is um, that's the sugya again of your sister. We, we had a few interesting principles come along. For example, we saw Amos Hirmin Adin. Even if something seems to be osur very logically, you can't say it's a punishment. We also had a difference in a do- in a granddaughter born from a in wedlock union or a granddaughter born out of wedlock. Um, we also had this discussion of Rabbi Shimon and Taimer de Croix. And uh, we also came out that obviously the son, it's interesting, it's still considered your daughter even if it's born from a forbidden union, even if Isukaras. Obviously, Chavay Lavin, where you even consider married, but even Isukaras. Okay, now let's go on to the next Mishnah. Top of Kokimul Amud Beis. If someone married one of two sisters, and he doesn't know which one he married. At the start, our assumption is he did the marriage in a way that he never ever knew which one he married. So he kind of went up to two girls and he said, one of you are married to me. And he gave them a ring. So now he doesn't know which one he's married. We'll see, you'll see when we get to the Gomorrah, the relevance of what I'm saying is that he never ever knew which one he was married to. So now what does he have to do? No, he's saying, get Lazu, but get Lazu. He has to give a divorce document to both of them. He can't ma- remain married to either of them because it might be it might be his actual wife's sister. So therefore he has to give a get. Says What happens if he dies and he has one brother? That brother has to do chalitza to both of them. Why? Because yeah, he's not sure which one is the yafama, which is the girl, which is the sister that falls to him. And therefore he can't do chalitza to the one and then yibum because she might be Achos the Kukasa. And as Achos, sorry, Achos Chalutsasa. The one, remember, Chalitz is similar to divorce. And we know that if you divorce a woman, her sister is still also to you. So if you do Chalitz to the one girl, the one sister, she might actually be the one you were supposed to do Chalitz to, and therefore the other one is the sister of you, the one you did Chalitz to. So you can't marry her. And therefore you'd have to do chalitza. And obviously you can't do yibum first, because maybe you're doing yibum too, your achazukukas, or maybe the other one is supposed to be the, is the real yavama, and this one is not. Again, why? Because we're dealing with someone, just to have the case clear, because this is what we're going to be discussing, is you have someone who married two he, he did kiddushin, and he's not sure which of the two sisters he's married to. So he's either married to Rachel or he's married to Leah, but he doesn't know which one. So what do you do in those scenarios? So he says, If he had two brothers, one does chalitza and one does yibum. The first one does chalitza, and then the second one is allowed to do yibum either way. If the one the first brother did chalitza to was the one who was meant to have chalitza done to, well then he's allowed to, then it removes the zikah so he could marry her sister. How can he marry her sister? It's not his... Oh, he does no, the, the one brother does chalitza, so she's released, and the other brother then does marries the sister she, of the chalitza. It's, it's, not, it's not his chalitza, so it's not 
you not, um, a man is not allowed to marry the sister of a woman he did Khalitza to, but he can marry the sister of a woman his brother did Khalitza to. And if it was a nonsense Khalitza because she wasn't married to the brother, the first, the deceased brother in the first case, then it's, um, then he's doing Yibum to the one he's supposed to be. So the first one does Khalitza and the second one would be allowed to do Yibum. What happens if he jumped the gun and he did Yibum? Or they both did Yibum? We do not make them get divorced. They explain why not. It says even the one who did Yibum first, which he's not supposed to because he might be doing, he might be marrying the sister of the one he's spoken, uh, but since it's a Sophic, and when the second brother then does the second Yibum, the Zika would be removed from her, we leave it as it is. Okay, now we add a layer to the discussion. Shnayim. If you have two men, okay, not brothers, just two men. So, um, obviously you can use different names, um, but let's say, Yak. Um, okay, so I'm not going to remember articles because I wrote it with my own names. So that might make, I don't know if you're, uh, that will just maybe confuse things, so I'll try to do it with our names. If you have two men, okay, Shekodsha Shte Achuyos. And each one does not know which one they married. Like for example, you have two men, and they ask someone, will you go marry one of those, will you go perform Kiddushin for one of me? And another man asks him to do the same thing, and he says, okay, here's one ring for you from the one man, and here's one ring from you from the other man, and now they don't know which man were they married to. Um, Can you say, to get married without saying that I have a Kiddushin with someone to Yeah. You can say, one of you are married to me. Um, yeah, you create a problem, but you could do that. Um, and, that's what it, and, you, and someone can perform Kiddushin on your behalf. So there's more, even more chance of... Like another man, I can ask you, can, go, can you go give that woman a ring to be married to me? You can act as my shliach. So that just adds a layer to the complicated. Okay, so we have these two men who marry two sisters and they don't know which one each one's married to. So this one has to give two gitin and this one has to give two gitin. Because each one it might be it might be his wife's sister. His wife's still alive and it might be his sister. If they die and each of those men only have one brother, they each have to, each of those living brothers have to do chalitza to both women. Again, because we don't know if it's his Yavama or not, he could never do, the one brother could never do Yibum to the one because it might be Achazuku Kasa. So he would have to do, um, uh, give a chalitza to both of them. Yeah, and the second one might be Achos, the one might be Achos um, Zukukas and the other Achos Chalutas. Okay, then it says What happens if one of those men had one brother and the other man had two brothers? The single, the, the man who had one brother, that brother, and then he died, that brother must do Chalitza to both of them. As we've explained, Vahashnaim and the two, either two brothers of the other man, Echod Choyleitz for Echod Meyavim, the one does Chalitza and the one does Yibum. Again, and as we saw, because as soon as the one does Chalitza, the other one is Mimanafshach. Mimanafshach means basically either way is free, because it's either the, the sister of a woman his brother did Chalitza to which he's allowed to marry, or it's this woman that his brother was married to and he's supposed to do Yibum to. So that's why he can do, yib, the second one can do Yibum. Or Kodmuva Konsu, if they both jumped the gun and did Yibum, Yodam, he doesn't have to get divorced. As we said, because it's a sophic, whether did the brother do anything wrong? And anyway, once the second brother comes and does Yibum, then the Zika is removed, so now it's fine for him to remain married to her. If... They each had two brothers. Again, so you had 
two men marrying, each one married a sister, and they don't know which one married which sister, and they each have two brothers, and then they die. So, the one brother does chalitza to the one wife, to the one sister, let's say Rochel, and the other brother, to Leah, and the other brother does chalitza to the other wife, Leah. Now, the brother of this one, of the first deceased, who did you say? Gershom. The brother of Gershom can do Yibum, the Chalitza of, what, what did you say the other name was? Ruvain. Of Ruvain. This, so again, you had... What was a Gershom and Ruvain were the two brothers who married two sisters, we're not sure. So Ruvain, and then they died without children. So Ruvain's one brother does Chalitza to Leah, and Gershom's one brother does Chalitza to Rachel, and now Ruvain's second brother can do Yibum to Rachel, and Gershom's second brother. And do chalitza to Leah, to Yibum to Leah, I, the other one, the, the one the other brother did it to. No, Ochiv Shelzeh, Miyavim Chalutzoso Shelzeh, Ochiv Shelzeh, Miyavim Chalutzoso Shelzeh. So again, what we're having is the two brothers are crossing. If brother A, if family A brother did chalitza to Rochel, then the second, and then in family B, the, 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 the brother A does Chalitza to Leah, then family A, the second brother, can marry Rock into Yibum to Rachel, and from, the, from family B, the second brother can do Yibum to Leah, the one that the first, the brother from the first family did Chalitza to. Um, if the two brothers did Yibum, the other two brothers did Chalitza, the other two brothers are not allowed to do Yibum. Rather, one brother can do Chalitza and one brother can do Yibum. Because as we say, once, once the two brothers have done Yibum, Chalitza to both women, they definitely resolve their issue. Then the other brothers still have a concern that one of those women is their brother's is the Yavoma, and one of those women is the Yavoma's sister, was never married to their, to their brother who died because he, was married to, he wasn't married to Gershom, he was married, she was married to Reuben. So therefore the one does Chalitza, and then the second one is free, either to, then the second brother is free to do Yibum because either it is the one he's supposed to do Yibum to, or it's the, the sister of a woman his brother did Chalitza to, but um, you're allowed to marry the sister of someone your brother did Khalitza to. You're not allowed to marry the sister of a woman you did Khalitza to, but you can marry um, the one your sister did. If they then do, um, if they then, if they both jump the gun and did Jibum, you don't make them get divorced, as we've explained. So there are a few main principles from here that just the whole mission is built on. Firstly, the one is that you can't marry someone you did chalitza, the sister of someone you did chalitza to. It's similar to marrying your wife, your divorced sister, which you're not allowed to marry. That's one. Another one is you're also not allowed to marry the sister of someone you have a zika with. So that would be a problem with, again, you're not sure who your brother, who's, they're not sure who the brother was married to, then now the brother can, he can't do yibum on one of those women because she might be the sister of a woman he's supposed to do Yibum to, which is awesome. Um, what's another? Yeah, I think with those two principles, it might be an, a third one, but with those two principles, you can work out the whole Mishnah. Okay, now the Gemara, the first case of the Mishnah, as we said, he must divorce both women, because clearly Kiddushin takes effect. Now this is touching on a, this is a touchy subject, because you have a Machlokas elsewhere. If a man does a Kiddushin to a woman, or in a way that he could never perform beer, that he could never consummate the marriage, is it a valid Kiddushin? I think the Sphora would be, or one Sphora might be, that marriage is to unify the husband and wife. If the marriage is performed in a way that he could never be with the wife, maybe it's an invalid marriage. That's a Machlokes elsewhere. Machlokes a Bayan Rava. 
So Alf case in the first Alf first case in the Mishnah is where a man married two sisters. He never ever knew which sister he was married to. I he could never ever be with either of those sisters because it might be his wife's sister, which is one of the Arayas. It's a correct. So we see that a marriage, even a marriage that could never lead to beer, is a valid marriage. We see from our Mishnah. But the fact that we say it's to divorce both of them, we see it's a valid marriage. Because if it wasn't a valid marriage, why would he need to give a gift? So clearly a valid marriage. And it could never lead to beer, as I explained. And we see, so, Kedushin, Shei Musurim, Beer, Havei Kedushin, Hachabamai, Askinan. He says, no, what's the case here? It's where he knew which one he was getting married to, and then he got mixed up. I, I don't know exactly how it would work, why he would get mixed up, but he did Kedushin for the one sister. So that sister he could have beer with. Again, he never got a chance to or whatever, but he could. And then he got mixed up with, wait, which sister was it? I, maybe he forgot, he told his friend to do it on his behalf to one of the sisters and then the friend forgot which one he did it. I don't know exactly how you would have the scenario that he gets mixed up with which woman, which of the sisters he did. Maybe they were twins. Or maybe they were twins. And he, yeah, see, but identical. I, identical. Yeah, so you have to construe a case, construct a case that somehow he did Kiddushin to the one and it was clearly the one. It wasn't, it wasn't a case of where he said, one of you are married to me. Because then you never ever know which one. It was a case where he did Kiddushin to the one, or Kiddushin was one done on his behalf to the one, and then he got mixed up. So there, there's, and he says, You can actually deduce this from the mission because it says, and he does not know. It doesn't teach, and he never knew. We see conclusively, again, it's not a case of where he never knew, it's a case of where he doesn't know now. Oh, my Kamash Balan, so isn't that obvious? What's the chidush that he needs to give a get to each sister? We need it for the later clause which says that if one, the brother dies and he has one brother, he has to do chalitza to both of them. If there were two brothers, this is the clear point. Specifically if the first brother does chalitza, then the second one can do yibum. But, but you can't you can't have one of the brothers, one of the main brothers do yibum first to call Pogaba Achos Kukasa because that is Achos the Kukasa. Again, remember if a sister is waiting for you to do yibum, you can't go and marry. You have a zika, you have a bond to her, a semi marriage to her. So you can't go and marry her sister. It's marrying your kind of wife's sister. That's Achos Kukasa. Okay, then we said, Shnaim could shekod shushtay achuyas, if you had two married two sisters. So, Shmamina, Kiddushin, Shayim Musurin, Labiyah, Havay Kiddushin. We see clearly that Kiddushin, that could not result in beer, is a Kiddushin. So, what is Hachanami, Keshukul, Osof, Nisabri? He says, no, it's not a case where you married both and got from, at the same time, I so you don't know which one you're actually married to. It's where you knew, and then they got mixed up. And, Daikanami, Diktani, Vain, Yodua, Um, we can use it. It says, and he does not know. I now he doesn't know. Sorry, it says, Sorry, it says, Oh, that's obvious. He has to give both a get. It's or both have to do It's coming to teach that no, if the, the one who had one brother has to do chalitza to both of them. And the one who had two brothers, the one brother does chalitza and the one brother does yibum. Again, specifically chalitza and yibum. says pshita But that's obvious. We just saw that's the first, that's the teaching of the first case. That if you have one person dies and he's not sure which of the two sisters he's married to. And then his two brothers, the one does yibum and the one does, and then the second one, only the second one is allowed to do chalitza. So we just saw that principle. So why do I need a case of Two men married to two sisters, both not sure which one, etc. It's all coming to teach the same thing. It says, no, Maud Tamer, you might have thought, um, yeah, you might have made Xavier in this case, because if we allow one of the pair to do Yibum, 
the single might think that he can do Yibam. Again, we had one brother, one remaining brother of the one man and two remaining brothers of the second man. If you allow one of the second brothers to do Yibam, one of the two brothers to do Yibam, the single brother of the other man might think that he can do Yibam, which remember, we said he's never allowed to do Yibam because it's Pogama Achos Kukasa. It's Yibam to someone he might be be connected to her sister. So it comes to teach us um, that it's not of and it's specifically if this with again the one who has two brothers where he did Khalitza and then Yibum He would not be allowed to do Yibum first because he's Poga Bayavomalashuk. What does that mean? If he did Yibum to the one... Sorry, let me... Oh, the two... You have to have the single brother. Again, you had the, the case just to reinforce it. Is two men confused which sister they each married. Then they both died. The one had one brother and the other had two brothers. We're saying the first one has to do Yibum and then the two, the, the second can do the first of the second two can do chalitza and then the last one can do yibum. You can't have him do, you can't have them do this chalitza and then yibum before the single brother did chalitza. Why not? Because if let's say it was, let's say the woman turned out to be his yavoma and that's the one that the one brother did yibum to. Who's he marrying? He's marrying a Yavoma. You're not a, a woman who's waiting to do Yibum. He's also to every other man except her brother-in-law until he does Chalitza. Okay, so that is the novelties. Those are the important points from Mishnah. That was the third case. That, I, for, that was one of the important points I forgot to mention is a Yavoma Lashuk. You are not allowed to marry a woman who is waiting to do Yibum. She either has to do Yibum or Chalitza. Um, and that, so that's why if you, the one brother has to do chalitza to both the woman first, and then the other two men, the other two brothers, one can do chalitza, one can do yibum. But you can't have chalitza, yibum, and then chalitza by the first one, because the second brother might be doing yibum to a woman who is actually supposed to be doing yibum with the other man's brother. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.